Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. I am your Commissioner Corey, also known as Bittner Steel, and once again joining me are the two guys. We got Evan, EP Low on Sleeper, and we got Eric, a corndog on Sleeper. How's it going, guys? Good evening, good evening, everybody. Going good, going good. Weather's great down here in Florida, sitting outside for this pod. Very nice. Yeah, I've, we're all dealing with kind of different weather situations. I was just telling the guys pre-show, dealing with a bunch of wildfires up here in the Pacific Northwest, killing me, uh, waiting for rain uh, to come around. I think it's coming around the corner here on the weekend, so that's that's great. But this smoke is just killing me, man. I feel like a chain smoker out here. Being a chain smoker is never good for your health, so uh, better hope for, for some rain and get that Seattle gloom going already. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Yeah, it's making it too hot too for October, man. Dealing with like 60, 70 degrees. I'm I'm ready to get down in the 40s, 50s. That's that's where I thrive. So uh excited to see that turn around pretty soon here. But yeah, dealing with wildfires, uh not as bad of a like a wildfire situation as the uh the Broncos, who look just absolutely stinky. You just have to mention that off the top, because I love seeing them fail with as a Hawks fan, having their first round pick is uh Making me pretty excited to see uh, what we end up doing with that. Um, but before we get into the real football talk, we got to go over drinks. And I was telling the boys just right before the pod really kicked off, um, my lovely wife, Erin, walked in with a four pack of tall boy beers for me. Uh, and I just cracked one open. It's from a company that I've had before. It's called Icicle. Uh, they got a really cool like oh, that's a cool logo scenescape there with a couple trees, moon background, a tent underneath it. It's called Peak Seeker, which I just now noticed that it is a double IPA, but only coming in around like 7.7%. So a little lower on the uh, alcohol per volume uh, than I'm used to for a double IPA. But um, that kind of corresponds with how like tasty it is. It's like really nice. It has like a, it has almost like an orangish like citra hops kind of like shindig in there it's actually quite good um so going to enjoy having one or two or all of those tonight um what about you guys what do you guys got going on over there well for me i'm sticking with the water for the night um had a really fun brew fest on saturday that led to a not so fun sunday and um just kind of taking it a little bit easy this week just relaxing a little bit i got a halloween party coming up this weekend we're gonna have some fun on friday night as well and i just Thought I would take it easy through the week, and it's been a solid week at work as well. So it's been nice going to bed early, just chilling out. Very nice. You taking that with ice? Taking that ice cold as you like? Always, Maddie Ice style. <laughs> Maddie Ice style. Oh man, so that that should be some pretty bad tasting water then, right? I was gonna say, would it be ironic if Maddie Ice like took his water lukewarm? And would you be surprised? No. Now he probably keeps his ice at around like twenty eight degrees. It gets like twenty eight degrees and like three of them in there. Yeah. 28 degrees three ice cubes yeah <laughs> that dude's never gonna live that down huh no no the internet's a mean place yep it's a meme place also it is did you guys ever see the meme where he and his wife were holding up their kid who turned two and someone photoshopped in an 8-3 behind the oh, two that's, that's awful uh all right <laughs> well evan what do you got i i peeked something over there what are you working with yeah so i got a seltzer tonight uh it's a cork Quirk brand, Q-U-I-R-K. Uh, I recently had it at a uh, golf tournament that I was at for charity. 
Um, and that was one of the donations. It's from uh, Boulevard Brewing Company, B- Boulevard Beverage Company, uh, and it's a pear and uzu, which is Y-U-Z-U, which I had never heard about. And, and I looked it up, and it is a citrus fruit, apparently, that started in Eastern Asia. Very cool. Yeah, I got, got a variety pack, and I was drinking all Saturday, watching some college football. And uh, then continued the drinking afterwards with some Tennessee fans over here because Tennessee beat Bama. Yeah, man. Best college football game all year. That's got to be the probably the biggest upset like of the year. Like it, it'll probably be the biggest upset of the year. Um, there's there's been a couple others. I mean, A&M has looked absolutely awful. But back when people thought A&M was going to be somewhat of a decent team. And uh, Notre Dame's fall from grace this year. That's mm-hmm. That's been pretty big as well. Yeah. So. I don't know if I would call it the biggest upset of this year, but I would say the most impactful upset this year, maybe. So so I, I have a conspiracy theory that uh, Tennessee is going to let Georgia win so that Georgia can play Alabama in the SEC championship game to, Stop it. to beat Alabama so that they can have a chance of getting in. Because if you play the same team twice, you likely don't beat them the second time. Even though Tennessee was without Cedric Tillman this past weekend, who's their top wide receiver. Wow. That is uh that's my conspiracy theory of the week. I'll tell you what, Hooker looked like a top 10 like draft pick kind of talent on Saturday. You don't think so? His he threw a 55-yard pass, just pure air, right in stride to a wide receiver, didn't have to break stride at all. There's I don't know if there's a lot of NFL quarterbacks who can make that throw. Hooker is a bridge quarterback. I feel very confident with that take. He may go in the first round, but there's also been a lot of bridge quarterbacks that have gone in the first round. We, we might have another quarterback coming on this one. Give me a little more time. I need to see a little bit more, but we might be having a little bit of a bet on that one. Meanwhile, um, I know it's kind of been against not so great opponents, but uh, Washington Huskies are five and two. So I've, I've been having a lot of fun watching them. You know, it's still like Pac-12 uh, college football. So is what it is but these games have been like i guess mostly just like defensive woes for all the teams involved here because it's it's scores that are always like in the 40s and uh high 30s and stuff like that which has been fun to watch you know so yeah i've been having a lot of fun uh we got this guy uh i think his name is phoenix which i i can't say his name without laughing <laughs> but he's been looking pretty solid he's been looking like a solid phoenix isn't it michael Penix jr uh yeah yeah that's that's it thank you yeah i'll tell you what though my uh my michigan wolverines destroyed those clown nittany lions you know ran them off the field obliterated them oh the second half, the second half sir it. thank you very much Oh, we killed them in the first half, too. It's just the score didn't reflect it. But I think at one point we had like 18 first downs to one. Hence, they couldn't do anything on Michigan. It was great. I loved watching That's, it. Sounds a lot like every Broncos game this year. I'm just going to keep hitting them hard. You guys should prepare yourself. Penn State Broncos of college football? No, shut up. The, the USC-Utah game was fantastic, though. That was a good I, game, too. I don't know if you guys saw that game. I did not. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Uh, well, that's college football. Maybe when we are big enough to have two shows, we'll have one just dedicated to uh, college takes and stuff. That'd be a lot of fun, like a full, full-fledged full show all about uh, college ball. Uh, but for now, we'll stick to the NFL 
And we got some news here. We got some notes to talk about. So let's get into it. First thing on the list here, I think this should probably be a quick one. But Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. We talked a little bit about this through text. Uh, do any of us care at all? No. They got uh, the Cardinals have DeAndre Hopkins coming back this week, presumably. Um, but they did just lose Marquise Hollywood Brown for what it looks like to be about a month. They don't really have any other like receivers. They have Zach Ertz as a tight end that's been looking awesome. Um, but still with that lack of like no Hollywood and no other people on the board, you guys are just kind of out on the Robbie Anderson. Hey, no, no love for Rondell Moore. Uh, he hasn't been doing much, right? He's been injured most of the year. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? He, he played 91% of the snaps two weeks ago and he played 99% of the snaps last week. Right. And how many fancy points did he put up? He had eight targets and 10 targets respectively. He had 13 okay. and 10. Okay. I mean, those are flex numbers right there. You're not wrong. No, I like Rondell Moore. Um, I don't mind Rondell Moore. I think that he's like, he's a scary guy just in terms of, I treat all those guys with that kind of frame with a little bit of hesitancy. It's just, you know, you don't want to bet on injury, but a guy like that is, you know, it only will take one good hit to like put him out, but he does have speed. Um, If he could take a fill-in role for uh, him and Hollywood Brown aren't, crazy different frame wise right they're both kind of smaller guys um they're both fast so you know you might be right could be they obviously brought in robbie anderson for a reason um they definitely are lacking in receiver depth uh beyond if you do count rondell Moore beyond him um there's the corpse of aj green not doing anything out there there's greg dorch who i thought i think like some people were maybe thinking he could be a thing but it's looking pretty obvious that he's not going to be a thing um so yeah i mean the cardinals do need help but yeah i'm kind of with you guys in terms of like how much can robbie anderson like 30 year old robbie anderson like 30 year old field stretcher robbie anderson like how much can he really help the cardinals at this point i I don't think it's much at all i i think the bigger question about the cardinals is if they lose out to the deadline and maybe kingsbury gets fired i know he just got an extension but doesn't seem like the most well-run organization maybe Wilkes goes I don't know obviously he got an extension too but um do they think about trying to move Hopkins and Ertz that that's the only thing I could really think of that I would care about the Cardinals too much fantasy wise the rest of the year I mean when's the trade deadline I think in a week right is it a week is it that early I think so uh, I might be wrong we'll we'll do some quick okay. searching and uh, I'll I'll edit it to make it seem like we knew exactly what it was <laughs> excellent week, week eight November 1st is it week eight Okay, so like week after next. Okay, I thought it was like week 10 or something like that. No, then never mind. I guess that's irrelevant because they're not going to bomb out in a week yeah. or two. So, yeah, two, two weeks. That's probably relevant. It's right, at, it's right after week eight. So it's that Tuesday following week if eight. If they lose out, they're two and six. I mean, it's I guess it's possible. I was thinking more along the lines if they're two and eight or something or three and seven and someone takes a hold of the division, do they try to move? But. I don't know. If I were them, I'd be maybe interested in like an Odell Beckham at this point. Just just get something in there, like opposite DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know. There's so many big personalities on that team, though. That, <laughs> That's true. I don't know. They just seem like a combustible situation. Like I'm waiting for the week that we see Kyler and Cliff start literally fighting on the sideline. <laughs> like physically, like like fists. Yes, like fisticuffs. And then Cliff sneezes and knocks over Kyler. Yeah. I can't wait for Kyler to like try to punch Cliff in the face and he can only get up to his knee. Yes. Okay. But yeah, just to bring it back to Robbie Anderson, I think like 
you know, I think a big thing here is that he's just not available on waivers either for whatever reason, like he's, he's been just consistently owned. And so like, you're not going out there trading for him. I I don't think I'd even give like a, like a third and I don't think I'd get him for like a fourth. So like not really trading for him, not really acquirable. I think it's just kind of a meh situation. I think Evan's correct. If you can get a sneaky cheap trade for Rondell Moore, I think that's worth a shot. I think I agree with you there. What, what do you guys think is like a, like a fair, what would you give for Rondell Moore that you would think is pretty fair? I was going to say, I would feel comfortable with two thirds. I would feel a little uncomfortable with a second. If it's a playoff second, uh, I mean, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable with it, but I think that's kind of where I stand. The, the highest I would possibly go is a playoff second. And I, there'd have to be quite a bit of convincing for me to do that. I'm, I'm maybe like a playoff second, for Rondell Moore in a playoff third, Some, something along those lines. Yeah, I think I'm more on the, I, I'm closer to the like the two thirds, maybe like, I think I'd honestly rather do like a third and like some dude that could be good or like, you know, uh, a younger depth piece of some kind. Like I can get behind that if it's not someone super impactful. A third and Robbie Anderson. There you go. I, I was going to say KJ Osborne. Wow. Yeah, that's not bad. Or like a Westbrook and uh, Nikini, however say however, yeah, however yeah. you say his name. Like someone in that tier. KJ Osborne, I think that's a good one too. Okay, for sure. Uh so Robbie Anderson. And then the next kind of note here is Russell Wilson, hamstring injury. When reports first came out, it seemed like it was going to be fairly significant. Now it seems like it, the team at least is saying that it's more of like a day-to-day, week-to-week type of thing. Um, I think it's trending towards Russell at least missing this next game, uh, if not more time. I mean, hamstring injury for a, like a 33-year-old quarterback that still likes to use his legs sometimes. Um, obviously, Russell has been pretty bad for fantasy and real-life football uh, throughout the season so far. Um, so I don't know if there's a lot to talk about in terms of like, I mean, I was already at the point where I was benching Russ. And if he's out there with like a like a nagging hamstring, uh, like I'm just not going to put him out there. And then, you know, some of those teams that I was counting on him to be a QB one, those are probably going to be uh, teams that are going to look to compete next year or the year after. But um, I think one of the things to mention here is, or just to talk about in terms of the backup QBs here, is it, is it worth any amount of fab? to drop on these guys to get a, a guy in a super flex league on a very important bye week for some like high powered teams. Some, some pretty good QBs are off this week with Hertz and Josh Allen, any sort of fab that you guys are putting on. I think it would be Brett Ripsian. Is that how you say his name? Something like that. I would rather take a shot at a skill position player out of my super flex than start whatever Broncos quarterback is starting this week. I, I have no interest. I, I know Russell's not been good, but I don't see Russell's backup being much better. Um, and if they are, then we have to have a totally other conversation about Russell, probably. And I, I think I do agree with you. And one of the reasons is, and I, I would love to just bring this up too, is, is that the Broncos face the Jets uh, this coming week. And the Jets have looked pretty good, man. Yeah. Like the Jets defense has looked pretty solid, um, especially their past defense. I mean, Sauce Gardner is, he's the real deal, man. He's locking people down. Definitely the real deal. He's been playing, playing like an all pro. So so put so put him against a backup QB on a on a Broncos offense that's already having a lot of problems, specifically like 
the offensive line is is looking really bad, not being able to get any sort of protection there. Uh, like I, I'm almost tempted to put some money on the Jets. I think I saw the stats on Sauce Gardner so far in his career is one interception, eight deflected passes, and one allowed catch in man coverage. What's with the Jets and getting island corners? Like they just got such a nose for it. From Darrell Revis to Sauce Gardner now. Yeah, I really like what I'm seeing from him. Well, yeah, and they have that defensive-minded coach there now too. Like, don't forget. So. Yeah, I like Salah. The, the, Jets, the Jets have also had plenty of misses at corner. Let's Let's not – discredit that like d was one of the biggest misses that's very true but i mean they have the an all-time great in revis and i mean it's really young in sauce's career but it seems like they have a perennial all pro at least what's crazy is that he's played six nfl games and dude can only get better that's the scary part to me is like dude's not getting worse dude's only gonna get better so that's a scary thought. And I know it doesn't really affect RPG leagues at all because we don't play defense. But I read a stat the other day where uh, Jets are one of the lowest owned defenses still and one of the highest scoring in traditional fantasy leagues. So if you haven't, if you have a, a chance to go scoop them up, go scoop them up. I did also mess up that stat. Um, Sauce Gardner has two interceptions. He uh, intercepted one cheese head from a Packers fan, which will forever be my favorite video this season. That's that's really good. He he should have had uh, another interception that game, but it, the ball like literally, um, I think it was Tunyon went to catch the ball and it hit the ground and Tunyon's fingertips at the same time. And Tunyon kind of scooped it up into the air and Sauce grabbed it for a pick six, but then it was overturned because the ball hit the ground. Uh, but it looked it looked awesome. Just I mean, just the athletic skill of uh, Sauce to like go after that and pick it up and make the play was was really cool to see. That game could have been in the 40s for the Jets. There's a world they score like 40 points against the Packers there. That I that blew my mind that game. I could not believe how bad the Packers looked against them in Lambeau. What, let's, let's also remember that Stingley Jr. was taken over Sauce. Yeah. So that's definitely giving Sauce some motivation. He said he wanted to be the first corner off the board, and he wasn't. So that's a very good athletic man who is now highly motivated. And love Stingley's it. looked pretty good too. So I, I actually do really love the idea of them sort of like sauce trying to like compete and like prove that he was the better selection. And then Stingley probably also has that in him where he was like, no, I'm the best. I'm going to like prove I'm the best. So I, I love that. I think those are great. Uh, some of the greatest young corners we've seen come out almost as good as Tariq Woolen. Hey, Tariq Woolen is looking fantastic. I'm super happy with him, man. I, I I get a big smile on my face every time I just I think about this dude. Every time he makes a play, um, I'm so happy that we have him on the team. He's he's looking like a hawk out there, and not just a Seahawk, but a ball hawk. Uh, uh huh. Uh, you're so funny, Corey. Thank you. I'll be here for another hour or so. <laughs> okay, and wrapping this back around to quarterback injuries, uh, let's let's also remember that uh, Lamar Jackson was limited yeah. in practice today. Uh, today's Wednesday when we're recording this pod. Hip uh, injury, something, right? Something to keep in mind. Yes, a hip injury for a running quarterback yeah. uh, is definitely something to consider. And then let's also remember that Aaron Rodgers uh, was out today at practice uh, with a injury to his thumb. Throwing throwing hand thumb. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not his ego. Well. <laughs> yes. Eric, go away. I've seen some really funny meme pictures, actually, of like 
I think it's like usually four to six players and Aaron Rodgers and Russell are always on the forefront. And it's like uh, NFL players quietly quitting after getting the bag. And it's, it's Russ and Aaron Rodgers always at the forefront there. It makes me really happy. Correct. But okay. Uh, yeah, definitely injuries to the quarterback. Something to keep in mind. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, moving along here. Um, just wanted to quickly mention Devonte Adams. Um, I know that people were sort of, fretting about his legal situation with the assault charge for him pushing a cameraman. Uh, It sounds like the NFL will not punish him until he has a court ruling of some kind. Um, So he will continue to play. He's on track to play against the Texans. Um, And yeah, we'll, we'll keep you guys informed if we hear anything to the contrary, but uh, I mean, chances are like you look at the Camara situation too which i know is like different but also you know similar both like assault charges both have yet to go to court uh Camara's situation keeps getting pushed back um could end up being a similar situation uh for adams where we don't really see a decision made from a court for another few weeks months and could all end up being more of a thing that is impacting him next season um i think that's still possible so just wanted to mention that i don't know if you guys have any thoughts there not really um i think it's just kind of a it's kind of like what we have with all this like the watson stuff until i know news it's no news it's not affecting anything i do with the bump if i own him i'm starting him whatever value i had before this i have that value now um and then i almost treat it as a second bye week for adams if he gets suspended for sure. Okay. Um, well, let's take it into this one because I think this will uh, this one will be a, a live topic here. Um, it, when you look at all the teams that are on by, um, I mentioned already you have the Eagles, you have the Bills. Uh, who, who am I forgetting? I know there's like two or three other teams. Rams. The Rams, which eh, kind of stinky. If you have Cooper Cup, you're sad but otherwise <laughs> uh, kind of thankful. Um, but yeah, so we had some names here. Uh, I, I think kind of looking at like Kenyon Drake, uh, Latavius Murray, if he didn't get grabbed already, uh, Heineke as a QB fill-in. And the Vikings. Don't forget about JJ and Cook. JJ and, and Cook are out. Cousins. Kirk Cousins even. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins. Cousins as like a, as a, if you have him as your QB2, um, if you're lucky enough to have him as a QB2, that, that's a really nice position to be in. Um, I think he is uh, definitely worth like the conversation of like, you know, Heineke is a guy that's widely available and is going to be a starting QB granted it's on the commanders, but Wentz is probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. Are, are you guys putting a bunch of fab on Heineke? Um, and then let's get into like sort of the running backs and, and wide receivers after that. But I really want to know, cause this kind of coincides with another point on our list here. What are we thinking about Heineke? I, I, for one, I've, I've put out bids of like specifically teams where, you know, obviously Superflex and and teams where I'm dealing with either uh, a Dak Prescott or my Jalen Hurts is on by stuff like that. I I've put, you know, 30% of, of my fab out there for Heineke. He's yeah. doing it, man. He he's, he's gone out there several years now uh, as like, not the presumptive starter and he's put together totally fine fantasy finishes. Mm-hmm. I, um, 
I like the Heineke grab. I think he's a really good fill-in. Uh, great to just throw in there for one week. Um, who are they playing this week? They're playing um, uh, Green Bay. Yeah, and Green Bay's defense has not been stellar. So I definitely think they can move the ball on Green Bay. Um, I like that. Honestly, even more than that, I, I this sidebar, but I really like Terry McLaurin. Um, and it depends on what uh, uh, like, like doing, for this for this week or with with Taylor Heineke with with Taylor like Heineke in general. I thought their yeah. connection last year was very solid. Uh, like it's not pushing him up to like top 10, 15, 20 territory, but like better than what he's been. He and Wench is for some reason can't get on the same page. So, so question, question for a friend, if you were deciding on your last, last flex spot between uh, McLaurin and Pollard. Uh, let's see. They're playing the lions. I'd probably go Pollard. Yeah. Okay. Go Pollard. But I, I think if you're a scary Terry owner, I feel a bit better about starting him with Heineke at quarterback as of right now. Um, I like him a lot. And then, like you said earlier, um, Latavius Murray, I think is a really good sneaky ad. I mean, even when he was on the saints and he would get in for an injured Kamara or something like that, he always puts up decent numbers. He's not going to win your week, but he's not going to lose you your RB two slot. I'm very, I'm very trepidatious with the entire Broncos running back situation. Like I, am too, I, I just don't know what's going on there. And it, it came out that like Melvin Gordon and Hackett like had a conversation and that now like Gordon is the starter. Like they've, they've come out and said that, but I don't know. Like, it's just, it's weird, man. And I, I don't have numbers to back this up. Maybe Evan's got more numbers on this than I do, but I just feel like Latavius Murray has been a fairly decent pass catcher as a running back, or at least it's felt that way in the saints offense. And um, I like that a lot better than just Melvin Gordon running up the middle for a yard. Um, again, you're hoping not to have to start them, but if those are waiver wire people who are out there. Also, if I'm missing a quarterback and somebody in your league was silly enough to drop him, if Mitch Trubisky's out there, I might be looking at him too. Well, quick, just, just for your knowledge, Eric, um, in terms of like, I'm just looking at last year, Latavius Murray, I mean, he had two games where he had three uh, targets okay. and everything else is, is much, much less than that. The big game that he had right at the end of the year against the Steelers, he went off, um, you know, went 16 for 150 with zero targets, zero receptions. So I think he, he I mean, I don't know if just quickly glance here uh yeah no I, even going back a year before that three targets is the most he's ever gotten in okay. a game okay um, so it just maybe it felt that way because he was on the saints offense um but he, i always felt like he was effective when he was on it now again that's different than the broncos offense but if i have extra waiver wire bucks uh maybe i have cook and henderson as my running backs and i need someone to throw in there i don't hate murray you know, it, it sounds kind of gross. It sounds really gross, but I think I'd rather drop more of my bucks on Kenyon Drake. Hmm. Um, with J.K. Dobbins, like, in and out of injury, still dealing with, like, his knee, like, I don't know, man. Drake came out there, and and he took the starting role, and he looked pretty decent doing it. And I just – I think I just – it comes down to me trusting the Ravens to run the ball better than than the Broncos. That could be it, too. Yeah, I don't. I don't really trust Dobbins at this point. He, I mean, the way he pulled up and just favored yeah. his. I, I'm. I'm not very 
enthusiastic that even if he plays this week, that he will be a full go. Um, so at that point, it's whoever is the next man up, which seems to be Kenyon Drake at this point. And with Lamar having his hip injury, he probably won't be running as much. And let's, I mean, here's the thing just to think about, um, not to say that it will be the case, but we are also getting Gus bus back uh, sooner than later. So I say that I'd rather drop it on Drake. I think that I would, but I'm still only dropping like five, 10 bucks at most. And maybe that means I don't get a lot of Kenyon Drake, but I, I am kind of couching it with, yes, I agree with you, Evan, J.K. Dobbins, going to be hard to trust after dealing with his his rehab and then getting re-injured on the same knee that is just a very uh scary situation but i think i mean gus edwards has looked good too granted he's coming off of a significant injury also but they could try to work him a little more um it's tough man it's a tough it's felt tough for like the last six weeks now with waiver wire ads where it just that guy hasn't really emerged to me that like, like we had, um, what's his name? Uh, Dion Jackson, yeah, that's so- name from the, the Colts. He, he was a fantastic wa- waiver wire ad. If you, if you had the guts to add him and then start him this last week, he went off. He was, he was the running back one, mm-hmm. uh, which is insane to talk about, think about, but, um, he also got hurt and JT's coming back soon. So even he was like a one week kind of fill in guy. There really just hasn't been that um, like I'm thinking like a James Robinson type of guy that you can add from your waiver wire. That's like a, like a league winner um, hasn't happened yet. So I don't, I don't think that's out there this year. It doesn't feel like it's out there this year. I don't think it's happened yet. I, I it could still happen. Um, we don't know, but yeah, I think that, it just, it just hasn't yet. I, I think that one to keep kind of just your heads up on is if there's some fire to the smoke of CMC getting traded, like Donta Foreman might be interesting. Um, maybe, uh, but to say that he's like a league winning free agent ad, I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Now he's like a flex at best. If uh, mm-hmm. McCaffrey leaves like, I've held on to him in one league for the sole purpose of waiting for the trade deadline in case McCaffrey gets traded. Yeah. Um, but I'm not expecting him to go out and win my league. Like it's like, Oh, he's a good buy week fill in or something injury fill in or something like that. And I did see a report that came out that said the Panthers are not willing to trade McCaffrey for any offer less than two first, which basically means, oh, okay. So you're not going to trade McCaffrey because that's not coming. No, that's not coming. No shot. Um, maybe I mean that could be posturing. It's also just like a report, so it could be dead it's wrong. Probably but it's probably posturing. But if they're serious about that, they're not getting that. Right. Um. Okay. Uh. Well, that's about all I had on the list. Obviously, like just some like minor, minor-ish stuff. Um. We have Dak coming back presumably this week against the Lions. That's kind of exciting in a way. I think Cooper Rush has done a okay job at letting his defense win games for him um, while not looking the best. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for like the CD lamb and the, the Michael Gallups that I have, the Pollards that I have. I'm kind of excited to see Dak back in the fold. Um, hopefully he doesn't deal with kind of what Russell Wilson dealt with, with his finger injury. Um, I think there's a little more under the surface with that. So hoping for, for better days for Dak. Um, 
I don't think there's a ton else to really talk about. So unless you guys have anything, I guess we'll get to best bets. Evan, what do you got for us today? Yeah, so today I'm looking at a hometown favorite here, uh, the Titans. So as everybody kind of knows at this point, uh, I've been super busy with new role at work. And I'm actually working on the new Titan Stadium as well. So that's one of my projects. So that'll be fun and enjoyable in the near future here. Very cool. um, so uh, last week was a little rough. You know, I, I thought Lamar was going to be able to drive the field for a touchdown, ends up throwing an interception and then fumbling in the last two offensive possessions for the Ravens last week. So missed that one on the How team about total. the Giants, though? Giants yeah. are looking pretty good. Hey, the, the entire NFC East that was supposed yeah. to be the NFC least is uh, looking like one of the best divisions in football right now. Definitely. Yeah. So, so far from the year, some interesting stats that I've been been finding is underdogs of three or fewer points are 17 and 19 against the spread. So it's about a 50-50 if you're going to take an underdog with three or fewer points. And underdogs of 10 or more points, okay? So if they're being given over 10 points are four and four. So that's exactly 500 uh, against the spread. So there's not really much there. Um, but one thing to remember is so far this year, if the underdog has had three and a half to 10 points given to them, they are 36 and 17 against the spread. So they're covering at a 68% rate. I think that's pretty significant. But what I'm looking at this week is the Titans. So the Titans have been a very good first half team, and the Colts have been a very bad first half team. Very good, as in they are number two. Yes. They're they're the number two ranked for the first half. Yes. So they have been performing very, very well. Uh, and then you also look at the first game that the Titans and the Colts played uh, about a month ago. And in uh, the first four drives, it was 24 to three. So the first four drives for the Titans, it was 24 to three. So that's uh, pretty significant right there. And then you start going into all the, you start thinking, oh, it's a division rivalry. Okay, that maybe that'll keep the spread a little bit closer. The game spread is at two and a half. So that falls into the category that we want to be in, which is the not three and a half to 10 category. So that was the first check mark in, in their favor. And then you look at the fact that Mike Vrabel is four and oh straight up after bye weeks. So that's something to consider. Uh, Tannehill is seven and two against the spread off of bye weeks as well. So once again, there's another thing going in the Titans direction. And uh, teams that are less than a field goal favorite coming off of the bye in the last 15 years of NFL history are 46, 27, and 5 against the spread. So that's a 63% clip that they're hitting on. So obviously you want to monitor JT. You want to monitor Shaq Leonard, uh, who I don't really think is going to end up playing in this game. And then you also want to monitor Quiddy Pay. Uh, those are the three main guys um, from last week that were all out uh, that you want to monitor again this week. Obviously, if JT's playing, it makes it a little bit closer of a game. Potentially, the spread gets a little bit closer. You can get a little bit more juice in your favor. Um, but if he's out, 
that spread will probably increase to four, I would assume. Yeah. I think it's pretty safe to say it's going to be a, a point and a half swing at that point, maybe four and a half. I mean, it's not really a, a magic number by any means. Three is going to be your magic number on that side. Um, so not too much to, to care about or really be considered there. Um, and then something also to remember is Indianapolis is 0 and 6 against the spread in the first half this season. I did want to mention that as well. Uh, in terms of offensive points per game, the Colts are 29th. Yep. So you have the second ranked offensive uh, first half team in the Titans, and you have the 29th ranked offensive first half team in the Colts. So I feel much better about the Colts first half minus one which I think is absolutely asinine. And then uh, the Titans first Titans. half. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah the you're good. You're good. My apologies. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the Titans minus two and a half for the entire game. Uh, so I would be laying more on the first half. So I'll yeah. probably be looking at a full unit on the first half and then maybe half a unit on the team or on the uh, spread for the game. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, I think... Yeah, man, like even with JT presumably coming back, which <laughs> for my fantasy teams, God, I hope he comes back. <laughs> uh, but even with him on the Colts, uh, like, you know, you take away the last two games where they didn't have him, the Colts being that like third to last ranked offensive power in the first half, like that, that should speak for itself here. I think that Derrick Henry has a chance to just you know go off and titans can can put together a strong first half performance as they have done many times in the past this year um what i really like about your bet evan is that i have already laid two units down before before I even read uh your note in here for best bets i had already bet the titans first half minus one so that makes me feel awesome yeah, I, I have the Titans minus minus one in the first half uh, on a couple parlay slips yeah. that I have going this week. So I have the money line first half two in a couple parlays. I, I like to put those like they're a little juice sometimes, but I like to put those in parlays because they they can uh, push, which is yep. nice when you're doing multi leg. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I think these uh, I think these both hit. So thank you, Evan. Uh, and of course, that. That, that brings us there's something in the air uh it's kind of stinging my nose a bit i don't know is that is that a spicy take oh it is time for a spicy take and i might say boys this might be my spiciest take yet spicier than the like the lions beat the eagles like 28 to 7 and like there's like four different conditions I was off that by like two points. But there are also like a bunch of other conditions <laughs> to, to, to that one that you said would happen. There's also four kneecaps that were to be bit. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. And there are only one. There's only one. No, there's definitely four kneecaps to be bit. Oh, okay. Uh, I definitely counted four. All right. The over and under was 3.5 and I hit the over. All right. So we've been talking a lot about quarterbacks, right? There's been a lot of mediocre quarterback that play this year we feel like a lot of big names that went places that aren't performing right then we got your normal studs we got like Mahomes we've got Allen they're putting up their big numbers got some old folk who aren't playing as well you got Tom Brady you got Aaron Rodgers both of them look like they got the bag and want to go home there's just a lot of different uncertainty going around with quarterbacks around the league 
But there's a team that strangely feels like it's flying under the radar a little bit. And they've been putting some good games together here. And I've been liking what I've been seeing from them. And that's the New England Patriots. New England Patriots have put together back-to-back very, very strong weeks here. And I really like what I've seen behind uh, – who is that? Bailey Zappi. I've loved what I've seen from Bailey Zappi, which brings me to my spicy take of the week, that Mac Jones – It might not be right when he comes back, but he will be the backup quarterback for the Patriots going forward behind Bailey Zappi. And y'all might be thinking that's crazy. That's too spicy, right? Max, a first round pick, you know, pro bowler last year. Bailey Zappi was a fourth round pick, 137th overall. I mean, when in history has a like late round quarterback usurped a pro bowler due to injury? Wait a minute. Could that have been Tom Brady with Drew Bledsoe? But that couldn't happen anymore. There's no coach in the league who would do something like, wait, the same coach was Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick wants to win. And I think he really likes Bailey Zappi. And I've read a lot of reports that Robert Kraft really likes Bailey Zappi. I think Mac Jones will get a shot when he comes back. I I think they'll give him his job back after the injury. But I think he comes back and it looks like he did in the beginning of the year. And a week or two after that, I think Bill pulls him to put Zappi in for the rest of the season. It feels like it's a better chance to win with him. Your time to buy Bailey Zappi is now. Okay. Spicy. Just the way you like it. Evan looks like that, he's about to throw something. It was kind of like a that was kind of like a wasabi spicy. Like that really got gets me in the nostrils. Oh, I love some good wasabi. Me yes, too, man. I, I, I am ready to throw something. <laughs> You're not a Wasabi fan? No, I'm ready to throw something because they're two completely different freaking offenses. <laughs> you, you, watch, you watch the games that Max played in, and they're throwing the ball downfield. Max Ada is almost twice as high as Bailey Zappi's. Bailey Zappi's thrown twice as many percent, uh, twice the percentage of screen passes that Mac did per game you also look at the amount of play action passes because they've actually been establishing the run because they've been running the dang ball which they should have been doing from the very beginning so you combine all of that stuff and they're actually putting their quarterback in a good position Mm -hmm. what a surprise when you put your quarterback in a good position to be able to throw the ball he can actually throw the ball and do relatively well correct Evan, you're 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 a resident stack guy. What uh, what's Mac Jones' record this year? Whatever. What's Bailey Zappi's record this year? I I don't care. The fact that this is even a conversation is completely asinine. I'll just do wait when Bailey Zappi gets put back in. Oh, I'm ready for it. I, I'm looking to buy from Bailey Zappi. I will just say, and I hope you know this, Eric. When the season's over, we are doing a rundown of every single bold take that you took this this season, and we're going oh, to I get you so. your own record here. My hot take is I will get at least one of them right. <laughs> trying to think if you've gotten any right so far. I don't think so. Technically, technically speaking, if uh, the 49ers go to the playoffs with Jimmy G, that's kind of right. Mm, I think... There are clear rules set on that one where it wasn't going to be due to injury. I'm like partially right on that. You see, you but, should uh, you just you just need to time. leave that part out, and you would have won if you just never said anything about injury. Correct, but in the spirit of the hot take, you got to be specific. 
But um, no, I'm feeling good about this one. I really like what I've seen from Zappy. I think, and uh, I think the NFL is a copycat league and a league of history. I mean, for the Bears' entire history, it's been good defense with no offense. The Packers seem to always have a superstar quarterback. Um, Cowboys always tends to have a lot of stars. Um, I, I mean, when you like Giants tend to have really strong run games and good defense with a quarterback that just makes clutch throws at the right time. Like you just see a lot of history repeats throughout football. And that would, this would be a very weird repeat of what happened in 2001 with this Patriots this year. Did, did you just infer that Danny Dimes makes a bunch of clutch throws at the right time? I didn't, I didn't say it was a one-to-one. Hey, I mean, Barkley's had plenty of receptions. <laughs> hey, the last couple of weeks, Dana Jones made some decent throws in the third and fourth quarter. All right, I'm going to have to cut you off when you start singing Daniel Jones' praises. That's when I know we've gotten too bold and too not spicy. Gonna, not going to go to a pro bowl, but he's made some good throws. All right, why don't we go ahead and head on over to the uh, the old doghouse and talk some Week 7 top dogs. Uh, last week, we had some points on the board, uh, namely Evan and I. Uh, we both shared a point again with Mark Andrews and Evan tacked another one on top with Stefan Diggs. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, no one saw the Dion Jackson <laughs> RB1 game coming. And uh, I believe Joe Burrow narrowly took uh, the number one QB uh, spot and uh, no one picked him. Um, so, yeah, the, the Kyler Murray Zach Ertz did not work especially well for Eric unfortunately and i do just want to quickly shout out the fact that eric's spicy take last week was that uh jamar chase would fall outside the top 20 and jamar chase heard that he listens to our podcast obviously big fan of the rpg universe welcome and uh jamar chase heard eric's spicy take and said nah the way that my spicy takes have gone this year y'all should probably buy high on uh, mac jones (laughs) yeah i mean that could be a a decent way to play it um but okay taking it into uh week seven here uh another week where i'm i'm really proud of us guys we we do a really good job i think of um disseminating uh dissecting rather the like top five or so guys and all ending up with like really different takes this week i'm really proud to say that we didn't we don't share a repeat pick um at all this week uh which is really cool and to lead us off here going with my qb top dog for week seven uh look i understand the injury scare here with lamar jackson um if the team doesn't think it's significant i don't think it's significant and I think he will go ahead and show out against a divisional rivalry game against the Browns, who just got completely blown out of the water by the Patriots. Um, I think Lamar Jackson will do what Lamar Jackson does. It's been a little while. It's been since week three, I think, uh, since he has done something uh that is worth uh noting he's put together some poor performances he's still qb2 though and i think he takes the reins back as qb1 this week against the browns 
see him running in a couple touchdowns, you know, maybe he doesn't rush as much, maybe 60 yards, but I think he just peppers Mark Andrews. Uh, and it's a, it's a good turnout for Lamar without Josh Allen playing this week. I kind of had to dig deep here and pick Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Your perennial quarterback pick decided to sit down this week. I was almost expecting to look and see Josh Allen on this list. I almost just picked Josh Allen because I think that is the bills are the one team I think that could win through the bye. That's fair. Correct. I actually thought about Lamar and the hip injury scared me. Yeah. Um, I think if he's compromised and running in any way that significantly hurts top dog value, not necessarily starting value. Like if you have Lamar, you're starting Lamar, but for our purposes of top dog, I think it hurts his top dog value. I'm looking for the back to back here. Actually. I'm going Joey Burr. Good old Joey Burr. They're playing the Atlanta Falcons this week who have a bottom three pass defense and a not terrible run defense. Like it's not great, but it's not the worst. And um, I think they're going to have to throw in this game. And I think they finally found somewhat of a rhythm in this last week or two. I think uh, Joe and um, Jamar Chase kind of caught a fire a little bit last week. Uh, I'm still waiting for the T Higgins breakout week. Whenever that comes, I mean, Boyd's always around. I think Boyd's like a sneaky flex play this week, possibly. Um, well, you got I, your, you got your T Higgins game. I think week one. Did I get that week one? I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. I think that's about all he's had uh, for the most part. It still makes him, I think wide receiver, like 20 something or no, it was week two against the Cowboys. That's what it was. Yeah. That was his big yeah. week, but yeah. I mean, he's due for another one. Um I just like the way that they looked last week. I think they're trying, they're building a little momentum and a little rhythm right here. And I would like, I look to see uh, Joe continue that. No, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, week four was better for T. Higgins. That's when he went against the Dolphins and went 125 for seven and a TD. God, that's such a quiet 125. Like, I don't remember talking about that with you guys. Like, he just kind of goes under the radar. I think it's because he got injured and was out the week after or put up a goose egg at least the week after. Anyway, I like Joe. I think he keeps it going this week. All right. Uh, Evan, I don't like your pick, and I think we'll skip it. Sure. Yeah, we, we can skip it. That's fine. <laughs> no, give us your week. Give us your week seven top dog at QB. Yeah, so the top dog this week is uh, Justin Herbert, and I'm taking him going and pl- – or coming having seattle come to him uh and playing at home so there's that and then he also has a bye week next week so he can go balls to the wall and if he gets a little dinged up well he's got the bye week to recover Uh, i also think he's going to dump off a bunch of passes to austin eckler uh who was going to be my running back pick but then i saw Corey took him and i just said all right fine i'll let you have it Corey. fine whatever is what it is um but yeah Seahawks bottom third pass defense in the league uh you look at the QBR that they're giving up uh and they have a very high QBR against them um so yeah I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game I think the Seahawks offense is going to score points once again and I think that leads to a high point total which means hopefully Justin Herbert scores a lot of points yeah, I mean, I give you flack for the Justin Herbert pick, but uh, as you say, I do have Austin Eckler as my <laughs> week seven running back top dog. Um, look, as much as I love what the Hawks are are bringing, um, 
even like especially with what people were projecting the Hawks to be this year um I I love what they're doing I think they're still defensively in a bit of trouble uh we have a couple of good young CBs but they still need time and our our safeties aren't aren't playing especially well and you know I mean the points that have been put up against us speak for, speak for themselves so um while I'm excited for the future of the Hawks D I think right now we still have some problems problems that I think the Chargers will be able to exploit uh primarily through Austin Eckler because typically Tariq Woolen isn't covering the <laughs> pass catching running back threat uh he is arguably our best weapon right now on defense um so I think that maybe Mike Williams maybe he takes a little bit of a hit uh if Tariq Woolen could come out there and and show that he's uh the player that he's shaping up to be but that is not going to especially affect Austin Eckler uh Keenan Allen still coming off of a hamstring injury um you know they don't have a lot else I think Gerald Everett could have a decent game the Hawks have pretty much shown that tight ends are a weakness for them but I think besides that Austin Eckler will be the guy he'll be the number one target for Justin Herbert and I think this is a classic Austin awesome game where he just goes ham I like that uh, Chargers got me just a little I, I know the Broncos have a decent defense but just the weird thinking dunking that they were doing last week just didn't feel very Herbert very Chargers like Austin Eckler had like 11 receptions I know but like a lot of them like one yard. like it was a lot of like weird two yard catches towards the end I I, I don't know what they were doing the just trying to do something man I mean I get I get it because they're trying to win you know the divisional game but right. I don't yeah Oof. yeah that this was a rough weird. game I, I came away feeling bad yeah I seen that game. same well, a little, I felt a little good because the Broncos lost. Well, yeah, I meant fantasy purpose wise. I came away feeling kind of stinky. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So my running back is uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Spicy. He quietly had four very good fantasy weeks in a row. He's starting to establish himself as the guy in New England. And I know it's New England, like it could be any of the guys, right? But Damon Harris breaks down all the time and there's really no weird Bolden Burkhead kind of guy that's really surfaced that I've seen. And Ramondre seems to be getting a lot of the work and using him to establish, like Evan was pointing out earlier, the good offensive setup for Bailey Zappi. And the bears are ranked 31st in run defense in the NFL. The only team that's worse is the Seahawks. Sorry, Corey. But, um, I could very much see a Bill Belichick game plan, which is just run it 30 times with Ramondre. And I could see a game where Ramondre goes 110-120 for two touchdowns, and the Bears can't do a lot to stop him. So uh, it feels a little spicy. It's not one of the top, top guys. I just really like the trend that Ramondre is heading on. And I think that um, the Patriots are smart enough to know what to exploit, and they know that Bears run defense is where you attack them. All right. That I mean, it's a spicy one, but it's it's low-key, pretty decent pick. Um, Ramondre Stevenson has looked like a monster. It's spicy, but it was strangely not that hard to talk myself into it. Uh, another week, remember, where there's a lot of uh, 
there's just a lot of offensive uh, teams that are just, you know, dealing with their buy. Um, and otherwise, there's just some top RBs dealing with like kind of difficult matchups. So I, I like the spicy one here for sure. I mean, RB one Josh Allen's out this week too. So very true. Uh, <laughs> taking it to uh, Evan though, I, I like Evan's pick too. What do you got, Evan? Yeah, I got I got a kind of recency bias pick uh, right now, and I'm going with Josh Jacobs. I think he is really trying to shell out for that final, that new contract being in the final year uh, of his current rookie contract. Uh, I think um, they're, they're really showing what they can do with running the ball. Um, They've really upticked his snaps. So he's looking at over 80% of the snaps. He's basically being the RB for the team, uh, just getting a couple, a couple breaks here and there. Uh, he's had five receptions each of the, the last three games that he's played, uh, which I think is big. Uh, he hasn't scored a touchdown receiving this year yet. Uh, I think that is a possibility in this game. Uh, the five receptions definitely help to prop up his total. And I also think that they are going to be ahead against Houston, which means they will most likely be running the ball to grind out the clock. And you combine all of that with the fact that Houston has the third worst run defense as well. Uh, I think it's very possible that Josh Jacobs has a 25 rush for a 140 yard game with five receptions for 40 yards. To me, I think that's enough to be in contention for a top dog. What a weird world we live in that Evan is picking Josh Jacobs to be the top of a list. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, Josh Jacobs has looked really good. Um, just really, really powerful running. Uh, I, I especially like this one too, because, you know, Tay Adams is still Tay Adams, but he will be facing a lot of Stingley, um, who I think is pretty good. Uh, maybe not enough to like lock down Adams, but enough to maybe make Josh Jacobs a like potential heavier, like dump off target. Um, so yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. And they're coming off of a bye week So he's pressure like for sure. Um, okay, cool. Uh, that takes us into wide receiver. Uh, and look, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. This one hurt a bit. Um, I don't like picking, uh, divisional rivals, <laughs> uh, for the Seahawks to put into my top dogs list. But man, when we're looking at Kansas city versus the 49ers chiefs, Niners, all I see is firework game. Um, so Debo Samuel, I think he's going to have a Debo Samuel type of game here. Um, I don't think that the 49ers really have a choice. I think they'll pepper in Kittle for sure. Um, Ayuk maybe, um, but I think this will be put the, like the, the whole team on Debo's back and, and let him do what Debo does. Um, I honestly, especially like it due to the 49ers have some key, defensive players that are injured and probably out for this game which just leads me to think that the chiefs are going to go even more uh like explosive on the offensive side of the ball um which means the 49ers will have to keep up and i think that the run game might just like dissolve um the run game in terms of not giving debo jet sweeps all day long um i just see this as a potential for debo to make his case as the 
as a top guy and slot him in as my week seven wide receiver top dog. I know I'm still waiting for that giant Debo week like we were getting a lot last year. I know mm-hmm. he's had some decent weeks, but I feel like we haven't had that Debo explosion week. That's not a bad pick. Yeah, biggest week I think he's had so far is against the Rams. He went like over 100 on six receptions for a touchdown, which is like good. Uh, it's it's but very like, good. But Last year he was doing like seven receptions yeah. for 120 yards and then 10 rushes for 80. This stupid, just stupid stuff. I'm waiting for that uh, game where he has a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown based on a some sort of jet sweep that they give him so could be this game there's also a chance that trent williams is back for this game a chance which would be a huge addition that would be huge for that offensive line Mm -hmm. so um so for my wide receiver pick i was actually deadlocked between two and the one i didn't pick evan picked um, I, I was very, very torn between the two, so I won't reveal who the other one is. But the I decided to go with Jamar Chase because again, Falcons defense bad, and I think he's growing. And the deciding factor for me between the two was if I think my Joe Burrow QB one um, top dog is going to be correct, I think Jamar Chase has to kind of come along with that. Um, so that was my deciding factor between the two because I think both. My guy and Evans' guy are going to have humongous weeks this week. Um, but no, I'm. I, I think Jamar and Joe found their rhythm again. I think it's only going to continue this week because they're playing a very bad defensive team. Cool. Yeah. Love love stacking. So you got that Joey B stack and the Jamar Chase stack. Very good. And uh, what about you, Evan? Yeah. Crazy enough, the guy who does the most stacks on the top dog list didn't do any stacks this week. Yeah. <laughs> so at wide receiver i went with tyree kill this week uh tua is supposed to be coming back which is a good sign for tyreek he's playing the god-awful pittsburgh defense right now without tj watt potentially without minka fitzpatrick so mm-hmm. that's another issue uh they have a couple corners as well that are injury um report guys that you're checking in on this week so you combine all of that with the fact that the Dolphins probably want Tua to show out and they're playing down in Miami. So it's going to be a home game for them. My biggest concern, very small sample size, but you look at Tyreek's season and it's been bad game, great game, bad game, great yeah. game, bad game, great game. And he just had a great game. So yep. primed for a bad game. I don't know, but He's playing the Pittsburgh pass defense, which has been horrible. I haven't been able to get any pressure on the quarterbacks. So I'm looking for Tyreek to have a big game. Yeah, my, my other reservation with Tyreek that kind of leaned me to Jamar Chase is just speaking from somebody who's had about five concussions in their life. Even when you're cleared, you don't always feel right. And it can take you longer to be back to your normal self. I'm not saying that he's in danger, not saying he's still having terrible headache, but like you just, you feel off and it might take him a game or two to kind of feel like he can take a hit, not have his head hurt again. Um, And also the Dolphins might try to protect him too. I I, want to see one week out of them with two at quarterback. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that he goes back to what he was doing Um, because I'm rooting for him to be healthy. But uh, that was the other deciding factor with the Tyreek thing is I kind of want to wait and see just one game is to a to again yeah i mean that that is fair although like evan said tyreek hill did just have a fantastic game without tua 
So um, I think he is one of those players that doesn't heavily rely on the QB to like necessarily yeah. generate the point values, but you know, fair is fair. Um, I still really like it, man. I, I was between Debo and Tyreek. That's where I was. So uh, not surprised to see him on somebody's list here. Uh, but moving forward into tight ends, uh, I indeed went with the stack here. Um, went with Lamar Jackson stack with Mark Andrews. And the way I was kind of seeing it is worst case scenario here, right? Lamar Jackson is limited with his hip injury. I think he's going to play. I, I don't think they're that concerned where he's in danger of missing the game, hopefully. Um, but if his running is at all limited based on this hip injury, what that means to me is that he's just going to pepper Mark Andrews even more. Um, Rashad Bateman should be back, which is good. Um, I know that could probably be, that could probably mean that, you know, maybe Mark Andrews sees less receptions because more get funneled towards Rashad Bateman. I'm actually kind of the opposite where like now the defense will have to start watching Bateman and maybe that leaves Mark Andrews a little more open, especially for some TD grabs. Um, I think that there's a chance here that we see a Mark Andrews uh, with a Kelsey like game of like seven receptions for like 30 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to go with Mark Andrews. Uh, he did it for me last week and he's going to do it for me again this week. Tight end one top dog. I like that. I like that. Um, this Eric, you just went full spicy this week. I re- this is probably the spiciest one. Um, it's probably I like dumb. it though. I, know, I, I like it. I do like it. I would like to point out that we previously said this guy doesn't count as a tight end. Well, I'm counting him this week. So <laughs> I'm making him count. I'm going to take some hill. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know, man. I think you should have to slot him in as your QB top dog. No way. No. <laughs> if that's a QB, I'm just going Mark Andrews. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm okay. just kidding. Don't take Mark Andrews. I'm going with what I wanted to do was Mark Andrews. But I was trying not to. So I went. I went Taysom Hill, and I just – the Cardinals are bad. Yeah. The Cardinals are so bad. And the Saints, the best offense they seem to generate is when Taysom Hill is doing something crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just have a feeling they're going to try to have him back there in that wildcat thing he does, run him, throw it. I don't think he's going to repeat week five where he did four total touchdowns or whatever it was. But could I see a, like, running and catching touchdown? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, it's kind of a dark throw, but I could also just see a game where he puts up 30 fantasy points. You, like, look up and he has, like, 30, 35 fantasy points. You're like, what the heck? So the reason I actually really like this pick, too, um, could be nothing. But I think that it's important to just keep in mind that both Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton are both injured right now. Mm-hmm. That too. Whether or not that means Taysom Hill takes more Wildcat or more traditional QB like Mm -hmm. snaps, I don't know, but he could. I mean, almost all the points that Kamara accrues this week could come off throws from Taysom Hill. Like, there's just so many weird stuff that they do with him. And I just have a feeling that he's going to be the focal point of a lot of things that they do this week. Um, and Thursday nights are weird to begin with. It's, it just feels like one of those weird Thursday night things that something weird's going to happen and Taysom Hill's going to go off. And it's just, I just took a dark throw with it. I feel. I, I do just want to take a second. Like 
if you're a Saints fan, how do you not feel so happy and lucky that you have Taysom Hill on your team? There's no other player like him. And I don't think there ever will be. See the weirdest player of the last 20 years in the NFL? In terms of his like play ability, I think absolutely yes. And I don't think it comes close. He's got to be the weirdest fantasy player, right? He's got like yeah. zero value in a trade almost. But in any week, you get 40 points. The proof in that is literally go back and look at any other player that's been designated as both a QB and a tight end. Yeah. And and then go and try and go and try to see if they had any productive fantasy weeks. Exactly. It's, he's such a it's weird player. Basically just Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just hoping I catch the week that he does another explosive game. Yeah. Um, I like it. Okay. Uh, Evan? What about your tight end? Yeah, so I kind of had the same thought process that you did on Debo in that somebody's got to step up for San Francisco. Like, they're going to have to score points. The defense is great. It's a little tattered. It's a little torn. It's a little banged up right now. So the offense and Jimmy G, they got to do something. Who are they going to go to when they need to do something? Hopefully George Kittle. You know, he's always good for those two, three games a season where he just drops a 50-burger or a 40-burger, you know, in a fantasy week. And here's to hoping that it's this week. And you know what's sad? I think this is one of the only weeks where I'm like, oh, Kittle's a good pick. He's just not – I don't know if he's just not getting passes or he's nicked up or he just doesn't seem like George Kittle so far. So he, he's been in to block a lot because McGlinchey, McGlinchey, McGlinchey the, the right tackle yeah. for San Francisco has been injured mm-hmm. along okay. with Trent Williams. So both yeah. of their tackles have been injured. So he's been blocking a lot more. He's been in line in a lot more sets than he has in previous years. Uh, so he's already most mostly an inline tight end. Uh, he comes off the line for the most part off of in line. And then you compare that with the fact that now he's blocking more uh, and running less routes. Uh, you're probably right. Oh man. That means if Trent Williams comes back in the time. Oh man. You could start seeing Kittle out there running routes again, which would be, dude, that guy's got such good hands for a tight end. Oh yeah. Some of the passes he's made over the last few years. Ridiculous. Some of the hits he's been too. I was going to say his yard after the catch, like he, he looks almost for the like hard hits he's out there like okay yeah come hit me i'm gonna hit you too and if i get injured like okay but uh i'm gonna make it hurt so he's one of those football players that is not doing this for the money he freaking loves football he loves hitting and getting hit like he genuinely enjoys it like i remember there was that sloppy rainy cyclone game in san fran last year and all the players are like, this sucks. And you see George Kittle running that. You hear him mic'd up going, oh, this is football weather. Like, he's getting so jacked up about it on the sideline. He took a big hit. He's like, oh, I love football. And like, he just, yeah. he's one of those guys. And it's just like, man, you, you got to love watching a guy like that. Play it's, it's so hard, even as a Hawks fan, so hard to dislike George Kittle. I think he's, he's mm-hmm. such a, like, fun, cool dude. Yeah. Kittle reminds me of a safety that used to play for the Colts that plays with absolute reckless abandonment for his body mm-hmm. and is always injured because of it. Good old Bob Sanders. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's he, reminds me, he reminds me of a tight end version of Bob Sanders because he plays with absolute reckless abandonment for his body. 
He'll do whatever he has to to make the game-changing hit. In this case, the game-changing catch. He'll go up wherever he needs to. He'll put his body in whatever position he needs to to be able to come down with that ball and hold on to it. I like it. I like it a lot. So, again, just awesome seeing all of us pick different guys. That's very exciting. I love weeks like that where it's just we could all get zero points (laughs) this week. That's totally possible. Um, So that's always really fun. But... Hopefully, uh, Eric and I can catch up to uh, Evan a bit. Yeah, Evan is <laughs> right now. Evan Stack is us. Definitely good. Uh, all right. Well, cool. That's that's top dogs. Uh, looking forward to seeing the results there. Uh, and that, of course, takes us to uh, the near end of the show. Uh, but before we head out, Corey's got a segment. Corey's Trade Corner here, talking some trades. And I have a really fun one this time. Uh, If you're not a part of the RPG Rogues League, then you did not see this one go down. Uh, But Evan and I and Eric all had kind of a fun one Uh, happened right before game started uh, this this last week. Uh, So I was in trade talks with Evan uh, about selling him Kyle Pitts, who I know he really likes. I also really like but the way my team is in this in this league man it's just it's a really weird team um i basically like bet the house last year on on making it to the playoffs and my team just completely underperformed um i had barkley and he wasn't getting it done last year my my qbs were like russ and i don't even know just not not good qbs in a in a super flex league so i needed to shift some things around um, so I got into these talks with Evan about sending him Kyle Pitts. Uh, we were talking about like a first and Josh Jacobs or like, uh, you know, a couple firsts and no Josh Jacobs. It ended up being uh, a done deal with Evan receiving Kyle Pitts and me receiving Josh Jacobs and Evan's first and a presumably late second round pick. Um, I feel pretty good about that one by itself. But as soon as I got locked in this trade with Eric where I sent him uh, a first that I had acquired uh, from P-F-R-A-H. Pifra. Pifra. Sure, that if that's what we want to, uh, if that's how we want to pronounce it. Um, I acquired that pick in a trade where I traded away like Saquon and A.J. Brown and some other stuff uh, and got a bunch of depth depth pieces because that's what my team needed um i basically took the first that i acquired there went after alvin Kamara, uh flipped him one for one for that probably mid ish first so i got Kamara, and as soon as i got that locked in i pressed the button on the pits trade and ended up basically trading away uh a mid first and kyle pitts and got back alvin Kamara, josh jacobs a mid late first next year and a late second next year and i'm i'm pretty happy with it um my team now looks like it has the chance uh to maybe go to the playoffs this year i'm one in five so you know i'm gonna have to string together some wins here but there's at least a chance that my team can do something this year and all in all i did gain a first which i'm happy to have gained since my team does need some depth help coming into next year so either way happy to have the first and the second uh Kamara and Jacobs I think will still be good next year but it's starting to get to that point uh I don't know I want I want your guys' opinions on it I feel pretty good about it still another weird little coincidence about that league is Corey I have your first round pick 
uh, I believe Evan has my first round pick and you have Evan's first round pick in that league. I don't <laughs> know so how funny. that way, but we do, which is that's very really cool. Fun, which is also kind of funny because right now I think your team in that league is at the first overall pick selection. So it'll be back to back years. I'll have your first overall 1.01 pick if that holds out. Well, you had my 101 Warlock, so at least it's different leagues. Right, but two leagues. But... It just, I seem to snipe you in leagues where you get 1.01s. Yeah, I, I thought about the two. Like, I, I know that it's, I know that it, it could have been the 101, but the way my team is, man, I just, this team really imploded on itself for me. Um, so it was, it was time to just like get some diversity anyway. I'm not too upset about it, but, but let's talk this trade that we did. Um, I, I think this trade pulls you out of that slot though. I think you'll end up middle of the pack to borderline slip into the playoffs from here on out. Like I, I like what you did and maximizing your chances this year. Um, and I like what Evan's doing too, because Evan took over that team that was in not a great spot at the beginning of the season. And you've actually done really nice work trying to remodel that team, which is really, really cool. Um, I like a lot of the trades you made in that league, actually, Evan. And it was just one of those weird, basically like, It was basically a three-way trade that kind of works out for all of our goals because two years ago in that league, I won it. I got first, and then I finished second or third last year, and then I just bottomed out to start this year. My team was so old, and I traded away all my assets last two years to go in two years in a row. And so at this point this year, I've acquired three first-round picks, and I've traded away like Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, and Alvin Kamara, basically um and got three first round picks so i'm feeling pretty good about resetting my team one thing i did want to mention um because you mentioned me having the presumptive uh 101 for next year uh i'm actually right now in terms of max points for uh i am the fourth pick okay there are there are three other teams that have that have less max points for than i do Okay. So as long as none of those teams uh, basically like make the playoffs or, or you know, first through third place, um, especially now that I think my team can start putting some more max points <laughs> on the board with what I've acquired. Um, I think I think you're right where this probably takes me out of 101 contention for the pick that you have. Oh, yeah. At, at this point, you're at a one on one. I don't consider you one on one contention anymore after the trades made. It, it's just where you were sitting going into that with it yeah what what i'm pretty excited about right now is that i'm facing the five and one uh number one team this week after the trades i've made and we are basically deadpan even on our projected points which obviously are very subject to change but the fact that i am now competitive with the number one team you know i think there's a chance i could maybe have a like a seven and seven and maybe sneak in there kind of season so you know we'll see um, I definitely got a little bit lucky with trading from Evan, getting Jimmy Garoppolo, who's now starting QB. Uh, Davis Mills hasn't exactly worked out, but Jimmy G has been a fine QB too. So that's been nice. Uh, but yeah, I think that was really fun. Also, just when I had the rush of like, okay, I'm thinking about this Evan trade. I don't know if I want to do it, but oh, oh, Eric just accepted uh, a first for Camara. Okay. All right. Let's do it. I'm locking it in. Let's go. Let's try for it. I, I just had a lot of fun with that one. So. Yeah. And, and I will say it's a trade that kind of makes me question direction 
of my team when I was doing it. I just love Kyle Pitts so much and knowing for the future that I'm going to have him. It just makes me feel so much better, especially being a full point tight end premium league. So it's two PPR for tight ends, uh, which surprisingly enough, we had to explain to one of our league mates uh, that that was the setting for the league. How did that get? Uh, did he reply to when you were like, "No, actually, it is tied in pre." Like, did did he get, give you a reply for that one? Yeah, I just got a. Oh, I must be mistake. I still don't think it's worth it. Okay, for sure. No, I. I look, man. It was. I. I told you when we were doing the trade talks, it was really hard for me to let go of Pitts. I. I love Pitts. Um, maybe as much as you do, maybe not quite as much as you do, Evan. But I do really, really like him. Um, one of the things that made me secure in, in doing the trade, and I know you guys might laugh, but I, I really like David Njoku. I've, I've been, I've been just liking him more and more and I have him on my team and I I'll say it once and I'll say it again. He's best comparable to Travis Kelsey. His measurables are insane. I know that he's not Travis Kelsey, um, and probably won't ever come close to that level of production, but I think he's a fine tight end position player and i'm happy to slot him in and if it means i can be more competitive by having like added running backs and added picks for next year which i think is a loaded class let's let's do it i i I am woe to send kyle pitts in a trade but i think this was one of those situations where i'm not going to feel too bad about it and and one of one of the things that i really appreciated from it is I feel like I don't have to worry about quarterback or tight end now. Like, I mean, you guys have seen the team, but for the listeners here at quarterback, I have Herbert Hertz and Watson. So I feel like I have three of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league at tight end. Now I have Kyle Pitts to pair with Hertz and Schultz, which as soon as Dak gets back, I'm expecting Schultz to take a step forward again. Hertz is producing as a top five tight end this year. Yeah, he's a little bit older moving forward, um, but he's still producing as a top five guy right now, which will allow me to continue to try and compete right now. The team is very thin at running back for me with A.J. Dillon and James Robinson starting uh, and then Tony Pollard backing backing them up. No, maybe not. No, yeah, like, I have, yeah, I have that's, Tony Pollard. That's, that's a different, okay, different, different RPG that I'm thinking about there. But yeah, A.J. Dillon and James Robinson, um, doesn't inspire much confidence at running back, but you know, it's a team that is three and three right now. It's a team that's been competitive so far. Uh, it's a team that has players that can put up points on any given week. So by the way, I'm excited to uh, see Njoku with, with, with uh, Watson. I'm excited Same. to see what that does. Same for me, Njoku can only go up. Like he's in that uh, age range of tight ends where they, typically can take a a step forward and he's only going to see a QB upgrade uh, in about four weeks here when Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, So overall dissecting this trade, man, for me to send, you know, a mid late first and Kyle Pitts and get back Camara Jacobs, a mid late first and a late second. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, Acquiring two running back ones, in my opinion, that's that's a done deal for me. Uh, so looking forward to seeing if that that team can get flipped around here and corrected uh, in time to compete for this year. And, and just just to clarify, it's six weeks for Watson because uh, it's week 13 that he comes back. 
Oh, right, right. Yep. I don't know why I was thinking week 11. Quick shout out to uh, Dad Bodgon. He's made a couple trades across the league. I mean, we we have a bit of time here. Do you want to just go through? This isn't an RPG league. This is uh, in, uh, I I believe I named this league, but it is uh, Donnie's league. It's called L Fucking Empire, which I don't, I think I was pretty drunk when I (laughs) suggested that name uh, for him, but uh, that is the name of the league. So uh, do you want to quickly just like, it was a great trade i i do want you to just like kind of go over it real quick for us so this is a league where i'm in win now mode and dad bod is kind of punting on the season even though he has a good record he said he felt very fraudulent in his record and wants to play more for the future so i gave up the sean watson justin fields drake london and a 23 third rounder for jarvis landry patrick mahomes Baker Mayfield and Ebner, uh, the running back from Chicago, and a 2023 fourth rounder. Draft picks don't really matter. Um, it's it's mostly like London, Watson, and Fields for Mahomes, a fill-in QB if I need it, and then potential in Ebner. London, London, Watson, and and what else? Fields. London, Watson, Fields for Mahomes. Mahomes wins 100%. Like. 100%. So my QB my QB stack in this league is now Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes. Um that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And you should feel bad because you are a criminal. Uh, no, I vehemently disagree. You like the other side. Yes. Oh, t- oh wow. tell it to me. Tell it to me. So give me Drake London who I think should be valued as a top 15 dynasty wide receiver right now. Ooh, okay. Spicy take, maybe. I think I think he should be valued right around 14, 15 right now. Okay, yeah. yeah. When you say top 15, and then you yeah. say 14, 15, I, that's more of what that's, I can... Yeah, yeah, yeah back, yeah. back okay. in. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Deshaun Watson, who, yes, he's been out of football. We've seen what he's done before, and he has a better offense around him now in cleveland and yes he's going to miss a chunk of the season uh so i can see if it truly is a win-win now like must win this year type of situation where that would play in and justin fields well i think justin fields is not a very good nfl quarterback he gets he gets rushing yards (laughs) i know i know he runs for his life see i thought you were going to be 100 percent on my side of this, Evan, just based on the fact that acquiring fields is like you're adding negative value to your fantasy team. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I think you're getting three guys that come next year are startable. I'm not going to say they're starters because I'm not going to say Justin Fields is a starter in fantasy next year especially in 12 teams where you're only starting 24 quarterbacks. I mean, I've, I've been starting it. I've been starting Gino every, every game this season over him and I felt right. pretty good about right. it. Right. So, but he's still, he's still a young quarterback who can run the ball. And while he may not be a good NFL quarterback uh, because he can run the ball that I think that is uh, very valuable, especially in fantasy. So for, for me, like I have such a win now team in this league. Um, my running backs are Harris and Dalvin cook. My wide receivers are like Justin Jefferson. And I, 
else. I have someone else I can't remember right now. That's pretty good. Uh, Deonta Johnson, who hasn't been great so far, but you know, he can figure that out. He's still a good wide receiver. I also have DJ Moore as well, which is vastly underperformed because of quarterback play, but is I love Drake London and it was really painful for me to give him up, but to take my super flex QB, which has been Justin Fields all season and replace that basically, because none of those guys other than Justin Fields were starting for me. So London was not starting any week. Um, and then Deshaun has not started at all. And by the time week 13 rolls around, you might be first round playoffs, depending on your league or last week of the season. And at that point, who knows? Um, I just replaced that super flex slot with Patrick Mahomes. And for me this year, I think that puts me in a good position to go for it and not be in a bad position for it next year either. Though not, not having London in the future hurts, but if you're going to get Mahomes, yeah, you're going to have to be giving up something that hurts. That's very valid. One thing that I, I want to mention here too is in this league, I think that does make our, I think you have the edge here, but our QB situation, like yours and I's Eric are probably like the best and most interesting in the league. Cause you have Mahomes and Allen, right. Which is, I think Disgusting. there's not really, there's, there's not an argument to be made. I think you do have the best like combination here, but I made a trade the week prior for Lamar Jackson. So now my two QBs in that league are Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. Which is also disgusting. Which is also really fun. We, yeah. But our thing is, far and away, every week, unless we play each other, we have a significant advantage in quarterback and super flex. We're basically going in every week ahead of the game. Right. And uh, here, here it is, buddy. Oh, boy. Week 14. I'm coming for you. The last week of the regular season. Oh, my God. Week 14, baby, I'm coming for you. That's crazy. Also, again, another reason I felt like I had to do this trade is I'm four and two and in sixth place. There's a lot of winning records in this league out of 12. We're both four and two, baby. Yep. Yep. And if I I want to win it, I knew I had to make a move. I very much agree. But you are correct. In the future, Drake Lennon is not only a top 15 asset right now at wide receiver, he's probably the next year or two, especially if you get a real quarterback, he's probably a top five wide receiver dynasty asset. I might not go top five, but top 10, I'd feel pretty comfortable saying. He, he might be fighting for it if he gets a good quarterback. I will say. Is he going to get a good quarterback, though? The Falcons are winning games. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing, too, right? I, I'm just hoping the Panthers get one and DJ Moore stocks finally paying for me. Yeah, well, Panthers got one, the number one overall pick right now. So Panthers are freaking cursed, dude. They're going to find a way to like, they're going to, they're going to take not a quarterback or something. They're just going to, I hope they take, I hope they get the first and take Stroud and all my DJ Moore stocks I have everywhere just finally pay something. <laughs> Side note, since we're talking about 23, bold take right now, maybe not bold take, maybe bold take. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say right now that come the start of next season Bijan robinson will be a top three rb pick in startups super flex a top three rb not a top three pick a top three oh, RB. oh okay i thought you meant like 1.03 and up i was like no, even even with just top three rb 
that's like um if i'm looking at like a very spicy ghost pepper or like a like a habanero and i i'm just gonna take a bite out of it like i know that's gonna be spicy but i also know what it is and yeah. i'm not surprised by it yeah but I've heard chatter about this. I think it's premature, but I don't hate it. What are you thinking about in startups next year? I've heard people talk about Brees Hall as the first running back off the board. I very much think that that's how it's going to be. I don't hate it at all. Because because of the because of the age and because of the fact that JT has been injured this year. You yeah. look at JT's last two seasons, he wasn't injured at all. And then mm-hmm. you look at this year and people are going to start to say, oh, he's starting to break down, which mm-hmm. is absolutely asinine. But right. regardless. It's recency bias. Yes. I can really see Brees Hall being the number one running back in startups next year. I would not be surprised at all. Man, that's crazy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. I So we're looking at a top three RB class, like RB situation. Uh, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Taylor, uh, Bijan, and Brees Hall. I think they will be those three in some order. I think... I, I, it still depends where Bishan goes, you know, right? Like, I think that has a little bit of an, I mean, it takes him from three to five, but. Um, what, um, I mean, you got to imagine he goes probably top of the second, right? Maybe, maybe end of the first. Yeah, late first. If he I, goes, I, I think he's going to go in that 20 to 25 range. If he go, if, if Bishan Robinson goes end of the first, Let's say at the 31st or 32nd pick by the Buffalo Bills. Oh, baby. Strap in. He's been mocked a whole heck of a lot to the Eagles. Oh, you're just saying that because you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know how he will screw me and not take a running back. And he'll just dash all my hopes like he always does in the draft. But. He's been mocked a whole heck of a lot to the Eagles. Miles Sanders, four-year extension. Yeah, yay. <laughs> um, is, there, is there an argument to be made, depending on the rest of the season goes, that Kenneth Walker's the third, not Bijan? No. He doesn't get enough passing volume, period. Hey, Eric, I like, I like you. <laughs> no, that's a garbage take. No, he doesn't get the passing volume. Eric, I like the words that you say. Seattle has never given their running backs enough passing volume to be a top five back. Eric, I'm going to take you on a date. Thank you, Corey. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> we could talk about how great my Mahomes train was and uh, Kenneth Walker being RB3 next year. Honestly, I'm so close to just starting a YouTube channel so that we can upload the video feed too. I know we get some good, we, we probably should because the, the yeah. facial features and stuff are pretty awesome too. I'm getting there. I I'm, I think it might be worth it. It might be worth it. Oh. But anyway, that great pod guys. Uh, Evan, I do like our Bichon call though. That guy's yeah. so good. He, he's the clear 101 next year for rookie, right? Like there's no quarterback who's going to 
usurp him. Uh, it's it's pretty clear at this point. He would have to go to a really bad situation. And you'd have to be really needy on QB. He would basically have to go to like, I don't know, the Jets. Or the Colts. That's, that's not that's not realistic. So I, you gotta I know, but I mean, like, that's what it would have to do to not be one oh one. Tampa Bay. Oh, I mean if he if he goes to Tampa Bay with Leonard Fournette still locked into a contract and Tom Brady retiring. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Really, man, it's so fun to like project him because there's not like a chalk team out there that can get him. But but like think about it. If he goes to Dallas, they get out I, of the contract. I was they about let, to say they let Pollard they let Pollard walk because Pollard's yeah. gonna be a free agent at the end of this mm-hmm. year. He stays in the state of Texas. God, that Jerry Jones, dude, that's such a Jerry Jones pick, too. Right? It, it's, it's such screams, a Jerry Jones pick. It screams Jerry Jones. 